Engaging Leader, episode 136, Sticky, Seven Keys to Making People Notice, Care, and Act. inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. In a typical communication strategy, part of the plan involves leadership action, but Another part of the plan always involves communication content. That's the words, images, videos, and so forth. Now, you've probably heard the phrase, content is king. You can do a great job with other aspects of your strategy, but if the content isn't effective, you'll fail to meet your objectives. Content is key to grabbing attention and getting people to think or act differently. So if if content is king... How do we make it effective in order to drive behavior and make a positive difference? There are three secrets to effective content. We need to make it visual, sticky, and what I call nudgy. What do we mean by those three? Well, the first secret is visual. I'll just explain that briefly, but we talked a lot about it in episode 127. Let's get visual, six engaging ways to use images. But for purpose of this conversation, let me just say this. Visual is about using graphics and video appropriately. Now, if you think about it, would you consider yourself a visual learner? Most of us do. 65% of people learn best when visuals are used. Marketers have been leveraging that tendency for decades, but a lot of leaders in workforce communications haven't yet been taking advantage of it. There's a lot of scientific research that shows that the right visuals cause people to notice, believe, remember, share, and act on what you're communicating. It's fascinating research, and I definitely encourage you to go check out episode 127, where I explain that research and then also talk about ways that you can use visual for much more effective content. Now, in this current episode, 136, we're going to talk about the second secret, which is sticky, and then we'll discuss the third secret in episode 138 that's going to be called nudgy, how to influence people to make an optimal choice in the moment of truth. So what do we mean by sticky? At the core of it, it means making an idea stick with you or making it memorable. But as leaders and communicators, It's really not enough to make people just remember. We want people to notice, to care, and to take action. The best model for sticky communications comes from the book Made to Stick by a couple of PhDs and brothers named Chip and Dan Heath. Their model spells out the word success. It's a very interesting, fun read. It's a little on the long side. They spend a very long chapter on each of these principles, I'm going to boil it down to you to a single short sentence. Each of these is a short sentence. So let's get started. The S in success stands for simple, which means to make the core message clear. Now in workforce communications, it's really important that your core message is crafted with a WIFM in it. And WIFM is what we would use to remember that an employee or other audience member is always going to be uh, uh, taking in the content, uh, uh, listening or watching the content with this question in mind, what's in it for me? 
So what's in it for me is shortened to WIFM. And you want to think about your core message and make sure it answers the WIFM from your audience's perspective. So if you're doing workforce communication, get in the minds of the employee or the leadership group or the board of directors or whatever stakeholder group that you're communicating to and think about what do they most care about what you're trying to say or communicate and be very clear on what's in it for them. For example, we had a client who had a very common situation where they had a lot of employees going to hospitals uh, that really weren't the best qualified to treat certain conditions. And the company was trying to uh, identify hospitals and other providers that that they recommended that employees go to that would provide higher quality services and uh, more state-of-the-art equipment and training because a lot of uh, hospitals, although they may be closer and more convenient to employees and their families, um, the hospital is not going to turn you away even though they not, may not be the best qualified. They want your business, they want your revenue, and they'll gladly perform surgery on you even though there's a, there are better places out there to have it done. And most employers would actually rather spend a little more money with a high-quality provider in order to make sure that the employee or family member uh, has a successful outcome. Because otherwise, if you go to some little rinky-dink hospital and uh, have a major surgery done, and then a week later you've got a complication and you're right back in the hospital for another surgery, and then you have another complication and then you go try a different doctor. Um, that's that, It's sometimes called um, bounce. That the patient bounces from provider to provider. It ends up uh, oftentimes costing many times more than just if they had had it done, the surgery done correctly at a more qualified provider, even if it was more expensive. So when we explained this to the workforce, to employees and their families, we talked about how the whole point of what we've the, program that we set up, it was to get it fixed right the first time. No, we can't guarantee that going to these providers is going to be a successful surgery or that you're going to necessarily definitely be healthier, but it improves your chances of getting fixed right the first time. And so the company uh, is encouraging you to go to these hospitals because you're more likely to get fixed right the first time. It's Yes, we think it'll save the company money in the long run. No, this is not just some effort to steer you to cheaply priced hospitals. It's about getting fixed right the first time. So you see how that answers what's in it for the employee and their family. So that's S for simple. Make the core message clear. U is for unexpected. Make people notice. To get people to pay attention to your idea, you need to interrupt them somehow. You need to violate their expectations. One of the best ways to do this in workforce communications is to use humor. Now you say, Jesse, I thought you were talking about unexpected. What does humor have to do with unexpected? Well, if you unpack the psychology of humor, part of the formula is always unexpectedness. Now I'm not a super, I'm not a comedian or a super funny person, and the first time that was explained to me that all humor relies on a, a on unexpectedness, I, I didn't believe it. 
But then when I started paying attention to what made people laugh and even specific jokes, I realized that it's true. There's always this part in the joke where it goes off in a direction that you didn't expect. And that unexpected makes people notice. They're more likely to pay attention and they're more likely to maintain their interest. We recently had a client who was implementing a new system and they were originally planning on rolling that out to their workforce with a typical like announcement email and a how-to guide and so forth. And instead, we did those things, but the, the other thing we decided to do was a short and humorous video. And this was not any big production deal. This was a, a very simple video. They actually filmed it in-house we kind of came up with the creative approach and we wrote the script for them. But all the actors were just employees of this company. There were no professionals or anything like that. And what we did was a parody on Jeopardy with categories like cool tools and ch-ch-ch-changes. And you say, well, that's parody on Jeopardy. That There's nothing special about that. No, there wasn't. But it, it was unexpected for their culture. It wasn't crazy funny. It was a it was a light humor, and it was very short. It was we were pretending it was the final two and a half minutes of a Jeopardy show, and the questions taught people about how to use the benefits of the system. And there was one of the contestants who was just so excited he was practically wetting himself, and every time the host would ask the question, He, this one contestant was just going crazy. He, he couldn't wait to answer it. And so part of the humor was that he was getting all the answers right. None of the other contestants ever got anything right. And he was just uber excited. And after it was played for employees, there were other leaders coming up to this group within, within the company uh, asking how they could do a video like that because it really stuck with people. They saw how humor really was one way to stick with people. So unexpected, make people notice, and humor is one way to do that. The first C in success stands for concrete. That means to make people understand. And in workforce communications, key to doing that is to get away from corporate speak. and Instead, talk in terms of specific people doing specific things. So this is about getting away from abstract talk. We often, in the corporate world, talk in terms of jargon, and we want to synergize, and we want to systematize, and so forth. And we need to keep things real when we're communicating to people. One of the easiest ways to do this is to include examples, just like I did with the example about the hospitals and getting fixed right the first time. It's better if you don't get into the corporate speak in the first place and and you take a step back and you look for jargon and strip that out. But if you get in the habit of always providing an example of what you're talking about, it forces you to get concrete. And then even if people's eyes glaze over a little bit as you go through your corporate speak part, as soon as you start telling the example and and say it, and basically say it like a story, tell a story, they it'll make the abstract stuff that you were saying more concrete and they will then be able to understand. So concrete is make people understand. The second C is for credible. Make people believe. 
two really good ways to do that are to provide statistics or other data, number one, or number two, to provide, to, to use a spokesperson uh, who is a recognized expert or has some sort of authority on that topic. So in the first example, providing statistics, I did that in to a great extent in the podcast that I was talking about earlier about visual. If you were to listen to that, you'd be very much convinced that visual is very important. Um, not only when I talk about 65% of people being uh, visual learners, learning best when visuals are used, but also things like uh, the average person reading between 200 and 300 words per minute, but taking less than a second to process an image, and that when they do eye-tracking studies, they show that people gravitate immediately to images. And how on Facebook, photos get seven times more likes and ten times more shares than regular posts. Now, instead of providing statistics or data, or maybe in addition to providing statistics or data, you can use a spokesperson um, and so, for example, we have a client who has a medical director that's involved with a lot of their benefit and wellness services, and we have very much used that doctor as a spokesperson. We've put his uh, picture on many things. We've uh, done lots of videos with him because he has a very credible personality, people believe what he says, uh, both because he's a very smart, wise person with lots of experience, but they also, his heart comes through and they recognize how much he cares about them. So you could have an authoritative person like that. Um, you could have a senior leader in the company uh, who has a good relationship with the workforce. Uh, some CEOs, for example, are very effective in communicating with the workforce. Or it could just be more of someone who's providing a testimonial. They've been through it before. And their experience carries a lot of weight, even though they may not be an expert in that topic. Going back to that example about the hospital and getting fixed right the first time, we used a just one of the re local HR representatives who had a, a broken arm. And she thought, well, I don't need to go anyplace fancy for this. I'm just going to go to the close hospital here because it's convenient and they messed up that broken arm and it wasn't healing it wasn't healing and after a few months she went to a better hospital one that we one of the recommended places and they checked it out and they said oh yeah this wasn't set properly and um, it, now you got to have surgery to get it fixed and so she eventually did get it fixed but it was a lot bigger hassle with a lot more pain and suffering involved and so the video of her talking about that, even though she's not an expert in medicine, carried a lot of weight. So that's a testimonial. So the second C is credible. Make people believe. E is for emotional. Make people care. And you do that by connecting to what they care about. We often think that people are entirely rational or logical beings. And in fact, we are feeling beings uh, to a great extent, we're driven by our hearts. And so to get people to care about our ideas, we need to make them feel something. Now, maybe that's sharing a testimonial like the, the, the one with the broken arm or I, I just talked about. And in fact, a compelling story about an individual is probably the greatest way, easiest way to use this emotional 
principle to make people care. And so let me just go ahead right into the next one, which is uh, ask for stories. Stories is how we make people act. And we do that by inspiring them and simulating what the, the behaviors that we want them to do. So inspiring and stimulating are two things that stories do in order to make people act. Another way to say that is, it is first we provide the simulation, which is the knowledge how to act. And secondly, we empower people through inspiration. So we give them the motivation to act. In that story about the local HR rep who had the broken arm, you got to see her making the decision to use this higher quality provider, higher quality hospital. And so you were inspired by why you're motivated to do the same thing yourself if you were in that kind of situation. And then you got to know how easy it was because the company provided sort of a concierge. You just call this number and we will get it set up for you with an appointment and so forth. And, and including travel expenses covered to get you to this place, to the better hospital. So whether you tell those stories in a video or in written format or in a picture, sometimes you can just have a picture and maybe with a caption that tells the story. Or maybe it's something, it's a story that's told in person. Stories are what make people act. And then the final S is for short. And this helps us to avoid losing them. Now, I have to be honest, this is not in the book. In Made to Stick, they spell the word success, but they don't have the final S. And I think for a long time that was fine. But I tell you what, in the age of social media and smartphones, shortness is now a necessary part of the formula. And so I've added an S at the end, which satisfies the grammar nerd in me or the spelling nerd in me because I can't stand to see the word success spelled without the final S. But more importantly, it really is uh, true, a key. Attention spans today are so short. For example, if you're communicating to people through, um, through their mobile device, you essentially have to re-earn their attention about every nine seconds. And generally, the most you can hope for to hold them is about three minutes long. So how do we apply that principle? Well, most of the time, if we're going to do a video, we try to keep that video under three minutes. For, for example, that Jeopardy parody I told you about, we, right from the start, wanted to make sure that was no more than two and a half or two minutes and 45 seconds. Now, sometimes, of course, you can't do it all in a three-minute video. And so in that case, you might want to think about, can if you really can't do it in a short three-minute video, can we break it up into a series of videos? We recently had a case where the client had some content that they wanted for uh, to be used for their new hire orientation. And here was the information they wanted to use. And even though we kept it pretty high level, it was going to require almost 16 minutes of video. That's a long time, whether if you're sitting in a in a room watching like a new hire orientation thing, 16 minutes sort of drags on. And they wanted people primarily to consume this on their mobile devices. Well, that's way too long to expect someone to sit there and watch it on their phone. You'd watch a movie that's two hours long, that's 100% entertainment, but something that is primarily instructional or educational, 16 minutes is very long. So we did everything we could to make it the content interesting. We did it in a light and humorous style. Um, it there, We also uh, kicked the video off with the CEO 
and we scripted him to talk in a light and humorous style, and he even had a couple jokes about himself. And then we um, had a storyline that connected uh, all all the parts of this video. So we, we took the 16 minutes and we broke it down into nine modules, each of which are one to three minutes long. And then there's a storyline that connects all nine modules. And when the employee is watching on their phone, for example, they can choose to, when they get done with one module, they don't have to watch the next. It will autoplay if they don't do anything. It'll go right into the next module. But they can skip ahead to pick the modules that they most want to watch. Or they can go away and come back later and watch the rest of them. But because it has that storyline, it, it does it's more likely to keep them watching to the end. In our data analytics, we saw that about a third of the employees would watch all nine modules. And it's funny, they but they were definitely skipping around. Uh, for example, the last module uh, had more views, would be watched more times than the two previous ones before that. So you'd see this principle of shortness, of brevity, being important, that it's just hard to hold their attention that long. And so if you can keep it under three minutes for a video example, you're more likely to succeed. And the S for short is all about avoid losing them. Okay, one last example I'll share. And this ties almost all of these principles together. There is a client that has a, an annual wellness event that they call a global activity challenge. They've got 15,000 employees all over the world in like something like 27 countries. And there are very few things that they get all employees globally involved in. And this is one of them. It's essentially a walking challenge where in the, sometimes in the past where, where they ask people to keep track of their steps. Use a pedometer and keep track of your steps or other physical activity. And uh, sometimes in the past, they would, it would be a contest to see who could have the most steps. Um, this year, instead of having a contest like that, they're having a drawing. So as long as you achieve at least 6,000 steps a day, you'll be entered in a, in a weekly drawing for $500. And if you do at least 10,000 steps a day, you'll be entered in one grand prize drawing at the end of the uh, eight-week event, and you could win $10,000. One of the things that we've done to get the word out about, uh, for, to people uh, about this and all over the world is we created a series of memes, of picture memes. So, for example, one is this uh, close-up of a baboon's face, and the words on the image say, that face you make when you find out you can get healthier and win prizes. And this baboon just got this great big grin on his face. So people can't help but look at that and sort of at least chuckle, if not crack up. And then under that image, that meme, is a, a couple blurbs explaining that there's this $10,000 grand prize raffle plus weekly drawings for $500. And here's how you can get involved. We developed several of those, and we're going to use one each week, starting a few weeks before the event, which is actually happening right now. And... And then every week during the event to keep uh, employees focus on it and keep motivating them to continue to get exercise and to log their steps. And those get posted in a Facebook group as well as on their corporate intranet. And uh, also uh, we are putting them on paper flyers that are getting posted on the bulletin boards 
in the in the workroom work areas, and they're going on TV monitors, and at some locations they're also being texted to employees. So once a week, the, it changes up. It's a different funny image with a different blurb. It's a very simple message. It has a what's in it for me that's part of it, both in terms of winning prizes, but also getting healthier. The humor is kind of unexpected, so it catches their attention. And then we're also doing a photo sharing campaign where employees can take pictures of themselves doing something active and posting that in the Facebook group or on the corporate intranet. And that helps people care because they're seeing their coworkers doing that. And people love to share photos, so they actually care about themselves doing it. And they're also seeing some of the leaders around the company uh, posting photos and making comments on the, the Facebook group. And so that adds to the credibility and adds to the emotions. And it is essentially little stories. Oh, regarding stories, I should say, then the, the $500 weekly drawings, as those drawings happen, we take a picture of the winners and we just share a quick blurb about how what they're doing to get the appropriate number of steps, whether that's at least 6,000 or 10,000 steps. And it's all very short. These are quick little things that people, they see it, uh, they get the key message in less than 10 seconds, and in essentially about 30 seconds is all the time they would need to read the whole flyer. All right, so that is the success formula for sticky communications. Simple, unexpected, concrete, credible, emotional, stories, and short. And sticky is just one of the three keys that we've been talking about, the three secrets to effective content. So we talked about visual, that's more in episode 127, go check that out. Today we talked about sticky, and then get back with us in two episodes from now, 138, we're going to talk about nudgy, how to influence people to make an optimal choice in the moment of truth. <laughs>